Well, this is Cordy McAllis, and I'm here not with a Magdeburg Monday, but with a McKinney Monday. Yes, it was time. Not so much that I wanted to take a break, but there's just been some things going on that I just don't want to leave unmentioned, unmessaged, unnoticed. So we'll start with uh, something I have slight mixed feelings over. Uh, That is the announcement, not this previous Sunday, which would have been yesterday, but the there's a week before, so a week a week before yesterday, our current state representative, Mr. Scott Sanford, had uh, indicated that he would not be seeking re-election. So, I got to tell you, I really respect Scott a lot. I really like the guy. I find him personable. I find him, you know, just smart and, you know, very very good guy to talk to and open to listen to people. And I think as somebody that worked as a state rep, he voted the right way almost all the time that it mattered. So in in that sense, um, you know, he was, he was a adequate rep. And as in case you haven't noticed, or perhaps you've forgotten that I've been quite critical of the state reps that we get in Collin County. And in fairness to Scott, he was one of them, but it wasn't because he wasn't voting the right way. It wasn't because he didn't genuinely or genuinely um, seek to do the right thing. It was because if I was going to find a fault, it was that he was not aggressive enough. He wasn't forceful enough. He didn't bring the battle to the enemy, if you if you wish to phrase it that way. So in that regard, I was for a long time intending on running uh, for HD 70 at some point. Um, I did not throw my hat in the ring as of yet because somebody else I know did. And I didn't see the need for both of us to be in the race. And he was willing to take on Scott when we all believed Scott was still running. And I was not. The reason being is I didn't think that I could run an honorable campaign against an honorable man and beat him. So I opted not to do that. But I never bowed out entirely. So I I guess we'll see what happens, right? We still have to get through redistricting and we may have some less than stellar actors step in and throw their hat in the ring. And if that's the case, then once again, I will be morally obligated to step in to avoid them getting that seat without a fight. Um, But for right now, I'm content with the guy that we've got running and we'll see where that plays out as well as the redistricting. So one would only hope that redistricting uh, goes quickly and efficiently. So we know what we've got. And the reason why that's relevant to McKinney is because almost all of HD 70, or I should say almost all of McKinney is in HD 70. And the part that's not is, I think, in 89, which would be another story for another day. Um, the other issue at hand is we now can say with some level of confidence 
that the uh, McKinney ISD is an emperor without clothes. They seem to be all over the map and they seem to be more concerned about trying to stay out of trouble than doing the right thing. Now, my friend who is on the school board in a, I guess another guy that I will call the, the other motivated individual on the school board, uh, they have been trying to make the school district do the right thing, trying to make them look at the bigger picture. And it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. I wish I could say with some level of certainty that we were paying better attention in the past. But I will tell you that a good number of that school board really have no business serving there. And uh, they're all up for re-election here in just a little over a year. So inquiring minds want to know, who are we going to find? Who's going to step up to the plate? Who's going to throw their hat in the ring? Who is going to run for school board? And not like half-heartedly kind of sort of run, but really run. Put in the time, put in the effort like uh, Larry Jaggers, like Chad Green. Put in that time, put in that effort, get yourself elected, overcome the incumbency's uh, domination. McKinney can do better. We should be doing better. And to continue to accept mediocre does nobody any good. Another thing that's, uh, I guess, relevant to a McKinney Monday is, you know, it's pretty much quiet on the city council. And one wonders why that might be. You know, we had all the shenanigans, all the distractions all last year. So the question is, is this a quiet before the storm? Or did the storm pass and we were going to have some peace now? I don't know. I can tell you that the uh, municipal elections are on their pause, right? It's just like the school board elections. And maybe it's the calm before the storm. Maybe, maybe that's what it just is. It'll be curious to see how that plays out. I mean, we have a couple of individuals that are not exactly who they claim to be. Philosophically speaking, of course. Um, but there are a large number of cheerleaders that are happy with that. They are content with it. And we'll see what happens. You know, it's quite obvious to those that pay attention that adding 20 some thousand more people in the city of McKinney that live in apartments is not a good way to grow the city. But then the flip side of the equation is, is you can't just keep throwing money at companies to try and entice them to move here that game the system and game it better than most of the cities do. That is looking to be uh, a precarious position for the uh, city of Frisco right now. And I'm kind of curious to see how that's going to play out with uh, Fairview and Allen, but hopefully they were a little smarter and a little more frugal on how they threw their tax dollars at the businesses. One of the interesting things that seems to always be lost is a a good way to define what a public-private partnership is, is fascism. 
And the very people that claim they're against fascism are the ones that are always trotting out this. It's also called crony capitalism, right? But we just need to keep an eye on it. I'm not throwing stones. I'm not saying anybody's broken any law. I'm merely pointing out that when these things are going on, the question should be who benefits. And if you are convinced that overall the city benefits from whatever particular deal that happened, and you're okay with it, so be it. But have you taken the time? Have you actually investigated? Have you actually looked to see what the payoff was? Interestingly enough, you may recall that Jerry Jones got to build his new Jerry's World and throw another business's name on it. And he had the city of Arlington come in and seize people's property against their will. Now, they had done that previously multiple times, but they're doing the bidding for somebody that could rightfully buy it on his own. They're they're doing the bidding of a guy that doesn't really need taxpayer money to be able to do what he's doing. Yet, the city of Arlington saw fit to throw their citizens under the bus, to seize their land, to punish them for being where Jerry wanted to be. And now, that same parking lot that Jerry had to have charges the exorbitant amount of money to park there during the game. So one wonders, what exactly has happened to all that money that he's collecting? I imagine the city's getting the piece of the pie, right? But what about that previous homeowner? What about the previous landowner? They got pushed out and paid what they determined was fair market value. Whether or not it was is irrelevant because they weren't given a choice thanks to eminent domain. Now you ask, Stephen, what's the connection? Well, because we've done the same thing in McKinney. We have basically taken somebody's land because we decided that we could get a better benefit out of having a trailer park by putting in a venue area. Okay, we could argue that one way or the other. But the people they claim to care about would be the less fortunate, the the people that can't afford to buy a house in McKinney, they're the ones that kicked out and they gave them pittance. Now, granted, most of them were renters or leasers and they weren't the property owner, but I'm curious, what did the property owner get out of that deal? Now, it may have been the property owner was in fact part of the deal, right? And he got a little something, something on the side and, you know, all legal-like, of course, and threw in with the deal because, you know, he was going to get his payoff, but he couldn't boot the renters all by himself. So we got the city to do it for him. Well, you know, that's a possibility. I don't know. And even if we were to research it, can we be really sure that that's the truth? I don't know. The one thing I am certain of is whatever the government puts out as being the truth and the media puts out as this is the truth because the government said so is almost always not the truth. It may be part of the truth. It may have a flavor of the truth. But it is almost always not truthful. So, again, I'm sure it's all legal-like. Now, whether or not it's moral or ethical, now that's a different story. But, hey, that's okay if if you're a McKinney citizen and and you think it's more important that we have a venue so that the... hmm, 
local bands can play and you know we have to build our new uh, glorious city hall well okay that's that's fine just keep in mind that you're going to be paying for it and your kids are going to be paying for it and potentially your grandkids are going to be paying for it and you know being that a good chunk of the city of McKinney is now basically transient people who they come in they buy a house they're here four or five years and then they move on to the next spot I'm really not seeing how the city of McKinney is going to benefit long term but I could be wrong. I am open to being proven wrong. In fact, I kind of hope I am proven wrong. But I have to question it. Because in the past, all these stadium deals end up never working out well for the city in which they're in. So why would I expect differently from another deal? But as they say, truth will tell. Uh, let's see here. And one last thing. I guess I probably should have led with this because it matters to me. There is another forum tonight. We're going to talk about the role of government in emergency. We've got five individuals. They're going to come in. Talk about how do they think. Number one. An emergency should be defined or declared. Number two, what is the proper level of government to be involved in this? And does it depend? And number three, could there be another option? Is there something else that might work better or might work in concert with? Or is this the only way? And then really the encompassing idea is, should we always be running to government when we have problems? I don't know. We'll see where we get with the forum. Um, it is uh, their answers that drive the next question. Uh, I do my best to not stick my opinion in. I, I read the questions as they come. We actually started off with about a half a dozen, maybe 10 questions, um, you know, to warm things up Uh I think it should be quite interesting. And one of my personal frustrations in the matter is we have gone to a certain amount of lengths to encourage and invite people that would generally be considered left of center. They deserve an equal hearing. They deserve to be heard and be treated fairly. And as long as I serve as the moderator, which quite frankly is at the discretion of the McKinney first pack, but so long as I serve as the moderator, I will ensure that to the best of my ability. My role as the moderator is to make sure that everybody gets to speak and everybody gets the opportunity to correctly articulate their thought. I'm not going to tolerate beating up on people. I'm not going to tolerate um, abusive action. And I might even have a little more grace for individuals that need a moment to get their thoughts out. But again, there's grace and there's fairness because that's my job as a moderator. And I don't have to like what I'm hearing. In fact, I may strongly disagree, but I'm going to make sure that that person gets to be heard because that's the role. That's what's important. And I value that. What's frustrating about that is some of the folks that complain that they won't be treated fairly 
won't even participate. They don't want to put in the effort. They think because of a preconceived notion that they ought not be a part of this. And I'm sad to hear that because the exact opposite was not always the case. I mean, the League of Women Voters, for instance, most of us understand they're left of center, but by and large, they try and be fair. By and large, they try and let everybody talk. There are other forums that are not that way. There are other uh, groups that actually like to push it into a debate mode, which there is a time and a place for these things. But this is supposed to be a free exchange of ideas. This is supposed to be a discussion of an issue or a problem, not a debate on what's the right answer. We can do that, and at some point we might. But if you're hearing me, if you're listening to my podcast, even if you're hating on me, understand that if you're left of center, we still want to hear what you have to say. I, I, For one reason, I'm curious, and two, that's the that's the job, right? We... If you have a forum and you can't listen to all sides, then it's an incomplete forum. Now, thankfully, on this specific issue, there's really two answers and varying degrees in between. Yes, maximum government intervention or no minimalist, no government interaction. I think we're actually going to cover both of those. It's a question of where are the others going to be at in the middle. So we'll wait and see. And I know, I know, you know, (laughs) there's a certain perception of who I am and what I, what I am. And I enjoy that. But I've always strived to be fair and courteous to those around me, even when I don't agree with them. So if your concern is little old me, I put that on shelf. I'm on my best behavior because I'm working for somebody else and they asked me to do something. Now, if I should ever be on a panel as opposed to the moderator, that would be a different story. But that is not the case. We want this, that is the McKinney First Pack who is hosting and me as the moderator, I want it to be open, fair, encouraging, and quite honestly, engaging. We had... Somewhere in the neighborhood of a couple thousand watched the first one. I don't know what the count was on the second one, but this is the third one. And with all the plethora of emergencies that we've had, real or imagined, in the last year and a half to two years, there's a whole lot we could talk about. And I would encourage you, if you have the time, stop by in person. It's at 7 p.m. tonight. That's a little over an hour and a half from now. You can watch it online. I'm sure that we'll, we will both uh, live stream it as well as record it. Again, that's at the McKinney First Pack. And I need to point this out one more time. I serve at their pleasure. I am not on their board. I'm not on their team. I am there because one, I volunteered and two, they asked me to. So that is how we can be sure that we treat everyone well and fair. Is because I'm a man of my word and that's important to me. And I think that's going to wrap it up for the McKinney Monday. I will see you on the other side.